Skating? Yeah. When we initially were doing the first run of Evil Dead mm-hmm. musical at IUP. Oh, yeah. I had the idea. Because <laughs> there's a disco number <laughs> where all the zombies. Uh, it's like the big yeah. Ash kills the, the Deadites song right after they like do their ritual dance. That yeah. is the Henry Winkler, Winkler reference. And I thought, <laughs> wouldn't it be really funny <laughs> if, we, if we were on roller skates? Right. <laughs> It, it has been fun. done in that space before. Uh, yeah. It's not a good idea. No, well, especially not with like the vast amounts of oh, yeah. soapy blood that we had. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> and the fact that I we have... would have had to get these skates on in a matter of 45 seconds. Oh dear. But it would have been great. It would have been pretty cool. <laughs> what what space was this performed in? A 65-seat black box? 65? Oh, the, the black box under Waller? Yeah. yeah okay. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. Got it. I missed that space. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I enjoyed that space. Yeah. It, it was a good time. It I want been... to say, there's a play called Xana Don't, right? Yeah. I want to say Rob Hockenberry, who's been on the show. Yeah. A friend for, from our that. Cats episode, yes. Yeah. I think he directed that think, our yeah. sophomore year. He and I sophomore year. Yeah. Huh. And they're skating in that. Yes, I want to say I, I believe there would so. have to be right. I forget how associated it is with actual Xanadu because it's very much like LGBT, right? Right. You know, friendly show. So he and I went. They're both one X. So like he did his, and then I did my show. I think no exit. I was I was in it. I didn't direct it. Vicky Marcelli directed it. Vicky. Yeah. Um. So you got like <laughs> Jean Paul Sartre. With Xanadone. <laughs> yeah. Xanadone. I, I want to say, I could be wrong. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's what it yeah. was. That yeah. The, the premise really is, happy. is gay people are the norm and straight people are like the minority. And oh. so it's like wrong to be straight. So they just flip it. But I don't know why it's called Xanadone. I don't remember. There there was a really... <laughs> it might have nothing to do with it. It's interesting. Yeah, I was say, it's... that seems like a departure. Because even Xanadu is not very like... It's not LGBT. Yeah, Q. it's not that it's, it's against yeah. it. It's just no, not. A there's certainly. Topic. <laughs> yeah, there's definitely nothing like queer antagonistic in no, there. No, it's it's very fabulous. Yeah, but it's quite fabulous. Like, the yeah. characters are pretty right. hetero. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Musical. <laughs> <laughs> ah, man, I, I'll have to tell Robbie has to do it again since I don't remember yeah. what happened. I was too busy being very, very serious. Yeah. <laughs> Hell is other people. Xana don't. <laughs> Welcome to Drazzled. The podcast that takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. I'm host, Jack Colbertson. Here's suffer alongside me as always. Is also host, Joe Nealis. Right back at it again. All the movies on Drazzled won worst picture at the Razzies the year they were released. He lied only slightly. The Razzies, <laughs> for those of you who don't know, are something of a reverse Oscars. They recognize the worst film of the year. Once again, we are joined by a special guest, Caleb Figgles Woo. of the Making a Martini podcast. Hell yeah. It's me. <laughs> <laughs> Continuing with Razzled's new format, we are now on part two of Xanadu. Last week, we discussed whether or not it deserved the hate. We said, fuck you. 
basically. Yeah. It des- deserved the nominations. Deserved the nominations. Mm-hmm. But not the hate. Yes. Correct. And now today we're going to figure out what went wrong before we fix it. But yeah. before we do that, what exposure to Xanadu did you have before now? Before now? I saw it when I was super, super young. It was like one of the things that, like my my mom and my aunt, they gave me things like Crybaby, Grease 2. Damn. Hell yeah. Like these like offbeat type musicals and this was one of them. So I saw it very young, understood none of it. And in fact, I, when I was younger, I don't think I really actually enjoyed it. I could see it. Yeah. With everything except like the actual like songs. I was like... <laughs> This is cool, but yeah, understanding I, no point of the plot. I could, yeah, I could see if, <laughs> I, if I was plot. like a little guy, yeah. I could bounce right off this. Yeah, yeah. Like I would say, like seven, eight, nine, somewhere in that. Yeah, that, yeah, that realm. Because it is a, it is from nineteen eighty, so it is a little right. older. Yeah, and the the pace is a little slower because it is an older film. Right, right. Um, but I, I've I've come back to it as a. I think I saw it again in college. It was on Netflix or something. Sure, and then I watched it and I went. This is fantastic. And then I saw the musical. I had heard about it because, as we were just saying, our friend Rob directed Xana Don't, mm-hmm. uh, stage play. And he's like, it's a reference to Xana Do. And I was like, from Citizen Kane? He's like, <laughs> kind of, but no. <laughs> oh, of course you did that. Kubla Khan? No? Okay. Yeah. Stately Pleasure Dome? Okay. Yeah. He's like, not, not quite. Well, I mean, they do make the Pleasure Dome yeah. of Kublai Khan reference. Yeah, so. they do. At least for a moment. So yeah. it's set in the same universe as Citizen Kane. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I believe this is the sequel. Right? <laughs> <laughs> you didn't see all the Charles Foster Kane memorabilia hiding in the big abandoned warehouse in that Art Deco yeah. building? There's just a bunch of Kane uh, posters in the background. That is what they did with the uncut footage of Citizen Kane. <laughs> You didn't notice the shot of Orson Welles just wandering back from Crafty in the movie? Honestly, if they had asked Orson Welles to be in it and just be one of the random magicians in the background. Oh, my God. 200% he would have done it. Yeah. If he'd been one of the weirdos in Zoot Suits. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, One of the mimes. One of the juggling mimes. Yes. He he specifically, uh, I think the first attempt at Casino Royale, he's in it as a magician and they're like i will be in it but only if you let me do magic the whole time because he's a huge fan of like like close-up magic close and up magic really yeah. i had no idea yeah it's a terrible that. film with the original casino royale yeah that, oh my it's, god peter sellers wanted to do a serious bond film mm-hmm. sure he's like but you're peter sellers but you're peter sellers yeah do the pink panther thing he's like no and they're like <laughs> i don't want it <laughs> well you you should and he's like bye uh, so he, if I'm remembering, and this was years ago that I watched this, I want to say he like rides over the hill and just explodes. <laughs> like he just, what? <laughs> they just have like Peter Sellers. It's not Peter Sellers. just like a stand in. Sure. Uh, like ride over the hill and it explodes <laughs> like Monty oh Python my. style. Uh, and then, and then the writer had a severe heart attack <laughs> and died. Pretty much. Uh, and then one of the earlier characters, who's supposed to be like a previous iteration of James Bond, takes over. Takes over. Uh, and but there's a scene with Orson Welles doing like card tricks and shit. Jesus Christ. Uh, <laughs> so, Joe, uh, my exposure to Xanadu. Yes. Uh, so I had virtually no exposure to Xanadu. This version of Xanadu uh, for a very long time. 
aside from hearing it referenced in other things, which I think the earliest mention of it I had heard was maybe in an episode of Hey Arnold, now that I think about (laughs) it. Uh, And I had always, for some reason, thought that all the music was by ABBA and not ELO, which I think other people, I think I got that from somebody else at some point down along the line. So whoever that was, you were wrong and you made me wrong. (laughs) And then, of course, I had seen Citizen Kane in college and, you know, I started making that connection. But of course, this is nothing, you know, obviously this is a perfect sequel, 10 out of 10, except that it has nothing to do with it whatsoever. Uh this was my very first time watching this movie for this show. And I just, I, I told you guys about this, but I just want to say this on the air just so <laughs> that ex- the, the words exist for other people. I saw it this past Saturday in the afternoon. I had gone with some friends to see Jordan Peele's Nope, <laughs> which I loved. I thought it was fantastic. I followed that up by going to Mr. Small's theater to see, Famed long-running New Jersey uh, post-hardcore band Thursday, which, if you if you're aware of Thursday, you you know that they their music is nothing like Electric Light Orchestra. <laughs> Could you sing us a verse? I'm not familiar. No, I'm not. Gonna okay. sing, I'm not going to sing. My I, my throat's still not feeling great from actually being at the show. <laughs> is it a uh, more high pitched? That <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> okay. <he> nailed it. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, I have a degree in theater. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so so then I then I got home and I realized, oh, the next day we're, we're going to Becca's parents to stay overnight for Labor Day shenanigans with mm-hmm. her family. So I, so I looked at her and I said, you want to watch Xanadu? <laughs> so we wrapped up Saturday with watching this and I was the tone, the utter tone whiplash, both... Of my day and of all the shit at the end of Xanadu <laughs> made for a weird night's sleep. If you didn't listen to the first part, um, it's, ba- it's baffling. I'm not sure why you're here. I mean, stay if you want to, but I would recommend you go back to part one uh, where we cover what the movie Xanadu is and what happens in it. Uh, what did and did not work for Xanadu. Wonderful. So before we... <laughs> Try to figure out what the fuck happened. Because mm-hmm. there's so much. Because there's a lot. We covered a little bit in the first part. Caleb, what, what drink did you m- uh, mix oh. for us today? <laughs> oh, this is uh, some of... It's my favorite beverage. <laughs> it's, it's a fine, fine aged... <laughs> Snoop. Snoop Dog <laughs> themed 19 Crimes wine. I already don't remember what type of wine it is. I, I believe the bottle said Cali Red. It did say okay, Cali so Red. Oh, a nice blend. A nice blend for us this evening <laughs> as we mull on the inner workings of Xanadu. Snoop threw, threw a bunch of red wine into a jug and said, this and said, is it. Just kind of dipped the bottle into a bathtub full of red wine. <laughs> and said, Xana, enjoy. It's actually jungle juice. Just Snoop walked into it's... a frat house and dipped this into a bathtub. <laughs> Uh, Actually, this is pretty good. I'm it's, not, it's not bad. It is much stronger than I thought it would be. Yeah, I'm. I went from That's being how wine like works, Jack. mildly buzzed to being like I'm tipsy now. Yeah, my face <laughs> I is a little warm. Should preface that I I don't drink wine. No, I've never <laughs> seen you drink wine. Um, ever. <laughs> uh, so this is an experience. Um, yeah, it As normally makes me throw up, which is why I don't <laughs> drink it. <laughs> oh no. But I think at this amount, I'll just become ugly yeah. and not throw up Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Snoop. Uh, 
Joe, would you help them remember, remember, never unmember? <laughs> it's just, I'm pushing it. Right. It's going to be a thing now. <laughs> You're, uh, apparently. So, yeah, in case you forgot, uh, which you should never do, as Jack just said, remind your friends and family and loved ones to uh, listen to the show, to subscribe, and please rate and review the show wherever you possibly can to uh, help us get higher up in them search rankings, uh, much like our dear friends at Decaying with the Boys, our fe- uh, a fellow Pittsburgh-based podcast who has rated several of our episodes five stars on Good Pods. So thank you. Thank you, guys. So here's the issue with trying to fix this movie. I don't want to. You did mention that. Yeah, I'm genu- I'm still kind of in shock that you like this as much as you did. Yeah. Like, again, I didn't hate it, but yeah. it is wild. <laughs> I love the effects. I love the poster. I love the... That's a good poster. The mm-hmm. letter font type. All right. Um, I didn't expect you to get into the uh, graphic design poster <laughs> here. But. I love that Gene Kelly actually tried. He did try. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I enjoyed seeing Michael Beck from The Warriors. He, he wasn't my favorite performance, but. Uh, he wasn't terrible, but he was like the weak link yes. out yeah. of the main yeah. cast. That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, I like the subplot of him being a record and larger painter. Uh <laughs> And having <laughs> his other like artly chums, you know, taking jabs at him and, and being... asking him for weird X-rated explanations of things. Yeah, mm-hmm. I do have to ask though. That's happened to you before, right? Maybe not like at work, but you've never had anybody like, "Hey, so we don't give details." Oh sure, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, you know, I, I, yeah, I've had, I've had just like that. Oh sure, I've had friends like ask me like, "So what happened? Kiss like, and tell," but Danny never, but never like, "Hey, hey, tell to me like a porno." <laughs> Huh, we have different friends. <laughs> <laughs> Xana do the porno. Xana uh, do me. That, I mean, that would be it. Um, it would absolutely be our, the title. Our late night show. <laughs> <laughs> Tales from the bathhouse. Abs- <laughs> absolute hazard because of the roller skates. But I will, you know, I, I think the only reason it's considered as bad as it is is because, one, it was part of the Razzies. It was part yes. of the first Razzies. Yeah, one one of the ten original nominees for Worst Picture. It's fucking weird. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at some of those movies on that list, it is kind of weird. We're, yeah. we're covering another one next month. <laughs> what one are we covering next month? J- uh, Friday the 13th. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. But... I think the only reason that we even are really aware of it is because it was put on a list of like, these are the worst movies of the year and it's fabulous. Yeah. And clicked with a certain audience. Sure. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so instead of talking like, Hey, what went wrong here? Cause like there's some things that went wrong, but nothing so egregious that you're like, Oh, that's why it is the way it is. It's more like it was a movie. Some stuff went right, some stuff went wrong, but most people people just didn't connect with it. Sure. Uh, I'm going to go through some, you know, factoids. Let's do it. Love a fact. And annoyed. Yeah. Gene Kelly. What a diva. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. <laughs> so. What do you have the career that he's had? Come on. If, if you don't think you know Gene Kelly, you do. He's singing in the rain, motherfucking Gene Kelly. Yeah. So when he signed on to this movie... He said, I'm not going to dance. I'm not dancing. I'll be in the movie. Not going to happen. But then he's like, kind of getting into it. He's like, all right, I guess I'll dance. <laughs> but I'm not tapping. And then 
kind of got into it, you, like connect with Olivia Newton-John. <laughs> all right, I'll guess. I'll, right, I'll guess. I'll tap. <laughs> uh, again, uh, the the set was really close to his house, so he's like, I guess I'll be in the movie. It's just down the road. Uh, he was very pissed that in the last scene at Xanadu when it's opening, he he skates, but the way that the, the, it's shot, you don't see his feet. He's like, yeah, I'm like 600 years old and I skated and you cut my feet off. Yeah. He's not happy about it. I understandable. Yeah. Because I did not think that they would have him do that because yeah. he was ancient. No, yeah. So he was in some stuff he, after this. I will say he looked good for his age. No. Yeah. He looks. Oh, yeah. Very good. He did a couple of TV episodes, but this was his last feature. Yeah. He popped up in some like compilation films of some sort. Yeah. But like, yeah, there nothing, nothing on the scale of a feature length. So as I mentioned in the first half. There were some script issues that involved the writer being locked in his house for three days with the producer, like, standing guard. Oh, my God. Uh, Joel Silver. We'll get to him. Joel Silver. I feel like I recognize that name. I want to say he did the Lethal Weapon series. That might be why. Okay. Um, he's very much like the producer producer that you envision of this time. So now I'm just picturing John Peters again, and I just... it's He's like, if... If like a skin flake of John Peters fell off, became sentient. That's ju- that's Joel Silver. That's, that's Joel Silver. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, there's an X Men villain like that. It's fucking. Gross. Of course, there fucking is. It's also Grant Morrison creation. Of course, it is. <laughs> it's gross. Um, so one of the the big issues that they ran into with the script was that it was originally written to be like a low budget roller disco, kind of like. Roller disco is very popular at the moment. Let's sure, jump sure. on this. Capitalizing on a trend. Yeah. Uh, the problem was that two movies beat them to it. That's Skate Town USA and Roller Boogie, which were both 1979. But un- indelible classics that we'll love and cherish until right, the day we die. Right. <laughs> I've totally seen each of them 69 <laughs> times a piece. If I had more time, and I'll get to this, I absolutely would have watched Skate Town USA. Okay. Because there's an actor in it that we'll get to, and I watched just his scene, and it is phenomenal. Okay. So I might, like, a little tipsy after you guys leave, just, like, watch Skate Time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But because these two movies basically did what they wanted to do, that's when they're like, okay, we're going to incorporate the whole, like, early 40s musical movie thing with the early 80s, kind of mishmash them together. So it's at least somewhat unique. Okay. So I forgot I actually have a quote from Joel Silver from when he notoriously locked his writer up. The son of a bitch wouldn't deliver, so I locked him in. <laughs> That's actually what he said? Like he's quoted as saying that? Yeah. Dude! Uh, continuing with that trend. So the movie it was originally budgeted for $4 million, but ended up costing $13 million. Which is not that much, but for 1980s, plus when you're expecting a $4 million budget, and it comes out to 13 that's not great. So Universal yeah. head uh, Ned Terran fired Joel Silver. Wow. Who immediately went to work for his friend and mentor, Lawrence Gordon, who was also a producer on Xanadu. Yes. Who then immediately hired him back on. <laughs> <laughs> so while I very much like the effects that are in the movie. Yes. The director, Robert Greenwald, Joel Silver, and Victor Kemper, they wanted better effects. Um, they were aware that, like, even for 1980, those effects are pretty antiquated. Oh, sure. Like, keep in mind, 
Empire Strikes Back came out in 1980. Yeah. And while that had like a much higher budget, still. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the problem was that Universal Pictures, who released this movie, bumped the release date from summer of 1980 to Christmas. Oh, this was a Christmas release? Yeah. Oh, that's weird. Or I'm sorry, reverse. That doesn't make any sense. Why would that? Wait, did they pull it forward? Like they released it earlier than expected? They shortened the timeline? My notes say release from from Christmas of 1980 to summer of 1980. Oh. Yeah, so that means they oh, shortened yeah, yeah, yeah. the timeline on them. Holy shit. Yeah. Oh. They cut production time mm. for them. <laughs> and normally the effects are the last thing to get done. To that like, oh, would oh, explain right. part of that. Yeah, that's some crunch bullshit right there. Yikes. So while the movie didn't do super well, the score, the soundtrack did really well. Well, it's ELO. Yeah. It's ELO. Yeah, it's fucking Mr. Um, Blue Sky, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but also, I think Magic was just Olivia Newton-John, right? I don't think that was an ELO song. And it hit number one in U.S. pop singles. And Wow. Good for her. Number two at the U.K. And the single Xanadu was one for two weeks. Two weeks? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, like, it's a pretty good soundtrack. It is a good soundtrack. It's not bad at all. Yeah. I I, I I don't know that it necessarily fit for like a narrative, but but it was fun. Right. It was a fun soundtrack. And we kind of mentioned in the first part that the ELO songs, at least, were just like had already been written. And they just had them. Yeah. Fuck, I can never remember his name. Jeff Lynn had like just had these songs lying around. He's like, I was going to put them in an album at some point, but like yeah. if you want them. Mm. You can, yeah. <laughs> and I think he did like one original song for the movie. The rest was already like pre-made. And then, yeah. So yeah, not bad for a bunch of songs that were just lying around. <laughs> yeah, it just happened to. So Olivia Newton-John broke her ass. Broke her ass? Yeah. Do you mean tailbone or do you mean ass? Well, I'm, I mean ass. Oh, I never not mean ass. <laughs> but <laughs> but I also mean coccyx. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> sure. <laughs> Uh, during the dance sequence for Suddenly. Oh, wow. Mm. Yeah. Okay, that was the one with the trees and the lights and the rainbow. I think so. Yeah. I think so, yeah. Because Magic was the other one where she was doing, like, actual, like, I thought very impressive skate skills where she just, like, would spread her legs and do, like, almost a split and just, like, turn sideways. Yeah. No, was like, it, oh, okay, there, bitch, there was some off. advanced skate moves <laughs> yeah. in, in the midst of that. Yeah. That might have been with a broken ass. That might, yeah. Because yeah. she didn't stop. She was just like, well, my ass is broken now. I guess we're going to keep going. I'm just going to cry through the pain <laughs> yeah. and then skate through, well, skate through the pain, I guess, yeah. and I cry in the trailer afterwards. Yeah. One of our – well, really the only actor that were like, hey, you're not really working for us was Michael Beck. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, he was not the first choice. And as we said in the first part, he yes. was also just like given the – they're like, you don't have to audition. You just, just show up. Here's the, here's the time and date. <laughs> Please just, just – if we put you on the call sheet, will you fucking be Please. here? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's like, that I can do. And honestly, from working on film sets, that can get you a job pretty easily. Like, I, oh, you show up here and at this time, you're hired. There were there have been moments on our films where I've been like, can we just yeah. like ask a guy if, yeah. he, if he'll do this? And then, and then if he shows up, we pay him. There was a set – that I was on where I started as a PA and was by the end of it. So many people had fucked up that I was assistant producer. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I'm like, I just showed up and you know, that's all you need to do kids. Uh, Anyway. So Michael Beck, uh, originally his part, Sonny was given to Andy Gibb. 
Um, Andy Gibb, that name musician. sounds familiar. I can't remember off the top of my head, but he's a musician. He he dropped out. Uh, he he had the the role. Uh, would you like to guess who Olivia Newton John wanted for the role? John Travolta. John Travolta was shooting something else at the time. Uh, real true. quick, I just want to point out Andy Gibb of the Bee Gees. Thank you. Oh, that's, yeah. that's where he was from. Okay, John Travolta was shooting something else. Who did Olivia Newton John want? Mel Gibson. No. Fuck fuck off. No. You gotta have oh those those Aussie. God. Yeah, I was gonna say together. A, that Aussie connection. Just I'm oh god, no. I don't know when the first Mad Max was done, but I I I'm curious to know if he had accepted the part, if it would have like wiped out his chances of future stardom. So I mean the first Mad Max came out like the year prior. That was seventy nine. Okay. And then the second one came out in eighty one. Okay. So I don't know if he would have been busy like immediately filming sequels he after could that. Have Mad Max Xanadu. Oh my god. <laughs> can, you, can you fucking imagine Mel Gibson of all people in a musical? I can't yes, I don't think but I want not to. on skates. No. Like, even no. even like yeah. be, like even like roll it back to before we knew he was a racist right, anti-Semitic right. piece of shit. Like no, no. <laughs> like, I can't. I can't fathom it. No. His 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 like recognition as an actor is, I think, far too wrapped up in action and comedy. And and here's why we all have Hugh Jackman to thank for breaking that barrier down. <laughs> yes, because if if I had only ever watched like Just... X Men X Two X Men United, you betcha. You uh, you X Men you betcha was a particularly <laughs> good entry in the series. It was just I I, I don't th- I don't think Jerry was... Seinfeld gets enough uh, <laughs> enough credit for directing that one. <laughs> directing and starring mm-hmm. as Apocalypse as Apocalypse. Weird I know it was weird. I don't understand how they fucked up Oscar Isaac's Apocalypse after after Jerry Seinfeld nailed it. So. Anyway, so Hugh Jackman was Wolverine, and then he also does a shit ton of musicals. One of the dumbest um, things I've ever said in my life. Just... <laughs> they also uh, looked at Peter Frampton. Wow, they're uh, really digging into the musician yeah, pool here. Yeah. Which, so Michael Beck didn't do any of the... There is a male singer in some of the songs yeah. uh, that aren't ELO. And it's not him. Oh, is he voice dubbed? He's voice dubbed. Oh, they pulled yeah. a Rocky on him. Well, they don't even really. Um... Again, not Rocky Balboa, Rocky Rocky Horror. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's got to be a mashup somewhere of those two movies. <laughs> like, there's got to be a deep fake somewhere. Yeah, oh, that's funny as hell. But uh, I don't remember if Michael Beck ever even sings on screen. I think it's all like. Like background music, it might yeah. just be background stuff, or like while he's in motion skating, yeah, or stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. But I wonder if they had gone with like an Andy Gibb or Peter Frampton, which are all like musicians my mom had a crush on in high school. Of course, <laughs> if they would have done more like and a traditional musical oh. where they're singing on screen. Oh, they absolutely would have because yeah. they 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 you know that they have the talent, you know yeah. that they yeah. have the ability to do that. Do you want to know why Peter Frampton was turned down? Yes, the producers at Universal. Told him he couldn't use a talk box. Couldn't use a talk box. And he was like, well, then (laughs) fuck it. (laughs) Uh, Have you ever heard of the 1979 film Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band? Yeah, of course. garbage. Yeah, it's bad. It's really bad. (laughs) Uh, Especially if you don't know the Beatles are not in it. And you go in (laughs) looking for the Beatles. Beatles? Yeah. (laughs) Like I did in (laughs) college. And I was like, the fuck is this shit? (laughs) Uh, 
anyway, that feeling that I just had, that was the same feeling the Universal producers said. And they're like, no, we're still mad at you for that movie. <laughs> Peter Frampton, why do I know that? No! <laughs> also considered uh, was a, a gentleman called David Newton, I want to say. David uh, Newton. So he was considered for the part after the director had seen a Dr. Pepper commercial. Oh, nice. Yeah. Uh, he was busy shooting Midnight Madness, which is a movie I've never heard of. Other people considered were Steve Gutenberg. The Goots. The Goots. <laughs> uh, Griffin Dunn and Michael, I can never say his last name, Michael Bien, Ben, Bien, Bien, from Terminator. B-I-E-H-N. Michael Bine? Bine, maybe? Bine? Ben? Yeah. He was... Ben? Ben? I'm starting to get tipsy. I'm sorry. <laughs> I could not tell. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Michael Bine from Terminator and I think Aliens? Interesting. Okay. There's quite a mix of people yeah. considered before yeah. Michael Beck took over. I, I have to imagine everyone was like, hmm. no, absolutely <laughs> no, absolutely not. <laughs> imagine going to an actor trying to explain this plot, this yeah. movie, and be like, so like, you down? <laughs> the only thing we can really do is we got Gene Kelly and we got Olivia Newton-John. Those are mm-hmm. the only positives. Yeah. Can you sing? Can you dance? Can you roller skate? No, that's if you still want it. Like, like, there, like there wasn't somebody at that point in time who was willing to like pull a Val Kilmer in like the Island of Doctor Moreau and be like, no, I want to work. I want to work with Brando. No one was like, no, yeah. I want to work with Kelly. That's yeah, strange to me. Yeah, right. Say what we will about Michael Beck, but he could at least roller skate. I'll yeah. give him that. Yeah. yeah. So Livy Newton John turned down two roles in order to take Xanadu. Oh, no. The first one is like. Dodge a bullet. Oh, okay. Because it's Can't Stop the Music. Oh, my God. <laughs> Just the one movie I that was wondering. Worse. I was wondering if that was going to be on the yeah. list there. Okay, what's the uh, other one? The Blues Brothers. The Blues Brothers! Yeah. I don't Holy know what part she would have had, but... Oh, my God. I'm, oh. cu- I'm curious. That's the, the movie that John Travolta was busy working on was Urban Cowboy. Okay. Which, right. I think, wasn't that like one of the first NC-17 films? Yeah. Are you getting that confused with Midnight Cowboy? Because I just had a big conversation with all of Becca's family yesterday where they all got those movies confused, and that was fun. I mean, I've never seen Urban Cowboy, but I've seen Midnight Cowboy, and it's amazing. I think they're both rated MC-17. I'll have to look into that further. Please please do. So Matt Latenzi had a minor role in the film. Afterwards, he accompanied Olivia Newton-John back to Australia uh, on like a promotional film thing and to meet her parents and they got married they were married till 1995 uh she cheated on him constantly but they were married until 1995 hey neat yeah here's the part where i turn things over to you to discuss the musical oh before we get into that there's one more thing about the production i would like to mention sure the choreography was largely tackled by one kenny ortega Yes. Do either of you recognize that name? It's really familiar. <laughs> Caleb almost choked on his wine. So Caleb, <laughs> I did not know that. Uh huh. Oh, Caleb, where do you know the name Kenny Ortega from? Oh, um, gosh, 
fill in the blank. Uh, well, I know for sure the first time I ever actually knew who he was was High School Musical. Yes. He is huh. the, he 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 directed all the High School Musical movies yeah. as well as the trilogy of Descendants movies that came out yeah. within the last few years, which is the musicals from the perspective of the Disney villains children. Yeah. <laughs> which do surprisingly well. <laughs> <laughs> Live action films, yes, on Disney Plus or just like oh, they, were, the they were they were Disney like, Channel originals. They were Disney Channel the originals, one. but are now on Disney Plus. But didn't he? They're bonkers. Ahead. Yeah, are any of them any good? Um, are any of them so bad they're good? Um, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Does Hades reproduce? Yes, I think. I'm not entirely. I think sure. Hades is one. Hades. Cor- Hades appears. Maleficent is one. Maleficent. Maleficent I definitely has a kid. She definitely fucks. She's a. Oh, yeah. hard dom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's a thing called begging, and yeah. she does it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I do imagine and, she and, actually got pregnant, but, you know. <laughs> uh, so, appropriately, Maleficent's kid uh, it, uh, falls for uh, Bell and Beast's kid. Sure. But Ursula. Also has a kid. Yeah. All right. Yep. I'm in. You've sold me. Yeah. I, I'm mad about uh, it, but Captain you sold me. Hook has a kid, no, and Captain Hook's kid holds his father's hook in his hand. Oh, dear. <laughs> it's silly. Like Gaston's you... son is a fucking himbo. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Actually, I like that. Uh, Kenny okay. Ortega also directed several episodes of Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, that's, which if you have not watched that, it's it fantastic. Yeah. Better mm-hmm. than it has any right to be. What, what's her face is in it? Jessica Jones? No. The actress? Rachel Bloom? No, I'm thinking something no. else. Ra- Ra- it's, uh, Rachel Bloom is the uh, uh, lead actress and creative force behind all of it. You're thinking Don't uh, don't Trust the Bee in Apartment I 23, am. which am. is which is what Kristen Ritter is yes. in. Yeah. Uh, yeah, no, this is, you know, A Crazy Ex-Girlfriend is Rachel Bloom and several other people whose names I'm forgetting. Yeah. Uh, but it is excellent. Yeah. So Kenny Ortega did Thumbs a lot up. of choreography after this i think choreography I, and did, directing yeah there was a he did uh, dirty dancing too i believe so yes there was like a terrible making of xanadu special that i watched it was very much like making of xanadu put out by the people who are promoting xanadu so it was a bunch <laughs> of you know um but i want to say that kenny ortega became buds with gene kelly on set oh i believe and that. then was kind of like mentored by him that's awesome that's cool i love that yeah as, as much of a pain in the dick as Gene Kelly sounds like he was, he also sounds like he was a delight. <laughs> yeah. yeah. He just very much sounds like, oh, you know exactly the weight that you have yes. and are throwing it around. Oh, yeah. Oh, he, he was self-aware. Yeah. So last factoid before I turn it over to you yes. to talk about the musical, um, just in case anybody was wondering, Olivia Newton-John passed away on the 42nd anniversary of this movie's release. Yeah. Really? On the actual day? August 8th. Shit. I had no idea. That's wild. It came and got her. Came back for hell. Forty-two year cruise. Rest in peace. That's oof. Um, one for Olivia. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Dude, I'm gonna take my last sip here. To Olivia <laughs> and her cankles. I gotta say, Snoop makes a decent red wine. <laughs> he does. He does. Yeah. <laughs> so the musical. <laughs> yes. So I've been excited to bring up just at least how the musical starts because everything that we've said that we were like, I wish they would have done this. I wish they would have done that. Mm-hmm. They do in the musical. Amazing. So the whole thing starts with him actually drawing the mural on like the ground where oh, all the muses okay. come from. Oh, okay. So it's really cool because they all just rise out of the floor. 
that rules. Oh, yeah. That yeah. absolutely yeah. rules. Oh, that'd be such a cool set piece yeah. to see happen. Yeah. Oh. So each muse is a different muse of something. So it's like one's the muse of dance, one's the music of art, singing, other ones. Yeah. Mischief is one. There, I don't know. Whatever the nine are. And they are the ensemble throughout the entire show. Okay. it's a good idea. So they bring in each element of what happens in the actual story. Can I interrupt for one second? Yeah. I just realized that we didn't cover this thing that I wanted to, that I had put a pin in and what didn't work. Yeah. Uh, so is is Olivia Newton-John's muse the muse of capitalistic ventures? Because <laughs> it feels really weird for this Greek muse to be like, you need to open this club for people to come and consume in. Yes, she was. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so eighth, as long as we have that straightened the out. The eighth muse yeah. is capitalism. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Um, Known capitalistic force, ancient Greece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so each muse is a different thing, and then she's—I think—I think she winds up actually being the muse of of love or art or passion. I don't know something it's, like that. It's not Terpsichore. No, they they um, say her Terpsichore name. Terpsichore is the muse of dance, oh, and yeah. in the movie she starts to say her name, which is she gets as far as Terp. That's about or, as far as she gets. Uh, so she is cut off. Like I don't care. I don't he's love like, you. You're I, a, not a <laughs> fake goddess. Wherein I think the musical. She's she named as an entirely name. different yeah. muse. I think it's Calliope. Calliope, yeah. okay. That's a name I at least have like a it's, mild it's familiarity, yeah. familiarity it's with. History or something like yeah. that. Yeah. Huh. She winds. No, maybe it's not Calliope. Calliope is one of the characters. True. But in the opening number, she does say that she's here to help this Sonny to find artistic integrity and achievement <laughs> and all this stuff through capitalistic endeavor. But she's going to disguise herself as a fun roller skating. Australian girl with leg warmers. <laughs> That's the other thing. The musical really does take digs at all the right aspects of the movie, That's including Olivia Newton-John's like accent, singing voice, everything like that. Um, and the I what I think, I wish the movie had done. Even if you don't cover all the muses, is that the two like elderly muses who are these mm-hmm. just sassy old Jewish women. Um, one of which is Jackie Hoffman, because <laughs> why not? Oh, okay. Um, they decide to be the ones that perpetuate the two of them falling in love because they know that it's wrong. So they're like the troublemakers uh, okay. in all of this, okay. even though they're still working on helping this guy become an artist. Because there's really not an antagonist in the film. No. So they become the antagonist of the musical, technically. Okay. And they sing Evil Woman, also by ELO. Hmm. Nice. So they okay. add some songs, too. I don't think anything, any songs are cut, but they put in more ELO songs. Okay. Did they add in Mr. Blue Sky? They did not. That's a mistake. They did not. Yeah. yeah. The, the other thing, other than that, it's pretty much cut and dry. Like, I mean, what you see in the movie mm-hmm. is what you get, with the exception of when they go to, and they, I believe, do call it Mount Olympus. It's a, <laughs> like, they bring out, like, a centaur, um, a <laughs> flying horse, like, all these different, like, gods <laughs> that come out. And they're like, Zeus, let her go, you dick. <laughs> He's like, oh, I don't think so. Um, but I also appreciate when I saw it that there was a trap door in the floor that <laughs> Sonny just, like, flies open and crawls <laughs> out of. He's like, I made it. <laughs> Pretty much what the film was. He just yeah, runs roller skates straight into this mural. It really does. Yeah. But knowing now that their thing got pushed up, I, I yeah. have a feeling that's exactly why that scene looks the way it yeah. does. Yeah, probably. that makes like, so much more no sense. No smoke now. at all, just some 
<laughs> so we want you to skate as hard as you can yeah. into this wall. I know you're going to be concussed in real life, but, but we're going to cut it so it looks real it looks good. Looks really cool. Yeah. But can it, I wear a helmet or something? No. no. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely not. But it it did you, well. It was received well. Do you know if the ending is the same? I don't remember. Hmm. I'm pretty sure she still. It ends with the roller disco, mm-hmm. which seeing live is much more impressive than it is in I the movie. I fully yeah. believe that. But I don't. I think there's ambiguity on, or not ambiguity. There's, I don't know what the word that I'm looking for is. But it's it's not really clear whether or not they wind up together. If she ascends, if she, okay. it just sort of got you. Ends well, with amb- the end. Ambiguity. Ambiguity is right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got it. All right. But yeah, it did well. It was nominated i'll tell you in a second for best one, two, musical three four yeah four tony nominations and one two three four five six six drama desk awards wow it, it, it did really win. well yeah and it won for outstanding book of a musical for the drama desk awards okay it did not win any tonys but it was ah. up for best musical best book best performance for the girl who was olivia newton john and best choreography and it ran Good for, for 500 performances 500 yeah. okay yeah. It is fun. Like I had a great time. They did it in Pittsburgh here recently too, at like the CLO, and it was oh, solid there too. And I'm like, it's just a fun. Like, I think because of the movie, you know exactly what you're getting when you go in. Sure. Like there are no surprises. <laughs> <laughs> I, I like that they're able to kind of like thumb their nose at the movie just enough. Yeah, that's that. That is yeah, nicely done. Yeah. Do we want to break now or after the true crime segment? We're already 45 minutes in. So you think maybe now would be a good time to take the break and then we can yeah. do true crime and that into fix. Yeah. Let's do that. Okay. Have you ever had a bad day at work? If so, then the fuck my work life podcast is perfect for you. I'm Jay. And I'm Kay. And we share listener stories from the workplace, whether they're funny, weird, or horrifying. They are always entertaining and will leave you feeling like maybe you don't have it so bad after all. Find us on your favorite podcast app, but you may have to type in F star star K, my work life. Because we're the idiots that put fuck in the title of our podcast. And follow us on all the socials at FMWL pod. Can't wait to hear your stories. Welcome back to Drazzled. True Crime Edition, a podcast within a podcast that I didn't expect to be revisiting for a third time. <laughs> so quickly, too. Like, it's really, really yeah. it, it's alarming how quickly, how fast we've been in true crime mode, considering what was what? Mommy Dearest, mm-hmm. The Room, The Room, and now this. Yeah. We've hit a true crime hat trick stupidly fast for a stupid movie podcast. We we skipped over for Superman Lives, which honestly, of those ones, I would have guessed that would have been yeah, the true crime. Was, was, I mean, considering John Peters' entire deal, yeah. but like, no. No, he just didn't get caught. Well, no, we did talk. You know what? No, we did talk a little bit about how he got caught up in Heidi Fleiss's um, uh, uh, Hollywood Madam Sting. Oh yeah, we did. So, in July of 1983, a man looking for his stepson entered a neighbor's house and found two bodies: one of his stepson, Brian LeBlanc, age 21, and one of LeBlanc's cousin, Randall Pierre. Uh, Perry, sorry. I've drank a lot of Snoop Juice real quick. Um, <laughs> Randall Perry, age 19. The two men had been shot. To start with murder. What? Oh, yeah. It, it's a lot. People died. Uh... So Randall Perry, age 19. The two men had been shot in the head at close range with a shotgun. Jesus. 
Xana, stop. <laughs> I'm sober now. What the fuck happened? The man called the police, who then noticed blood stains on the front door of the home two doors away. Police entered the home and found the body of Chester Perry, 48, in a crouched position in the living room. Grace Perry, age 47, and Anthony Bonin, age 2, were found dead in the kitchen. All also had shot in the head with a shotgun. <laughs> <laughs> We've slowly escalated with the beach of our... Slowly? <laughs> with five dead bodies. We just talked about a Broadway musical. <laughs> um... <laughs> I'm so in, in like mommy dearest now we're getting into like the shit that i like <laughs> the shit that like i'll listen to when i'm making breakfast in the morning like, rise <laughs> from your grave <laughs> yeah, i, I should have worn my last podcast here. You, i'm surprised you didn't uh, it was dirty um <laughs> not home was michael owen perry the son of chester and grace and the uncle of anthony perry was also the cousin of randall and brian so pretty clear who the main suspect is mm -hmm. what does not help is that he at one point had been an unemployed oil field roustabout which is their words and i'm glad i got to say it roustabout he was a roustabout that's a fun word it's, uh, a, it's entirely too fun a word for the story you're which telling. is fine uh, but he had also been in and out of mental hospitals oh well um which is, you know, neither here nor there, except for when you kill five people. Well, um, it's very <laughs> much here, then. <laughs> it's kind of here, honestly. <laughs> I agree, Caleb. It's very here. You see, Perry had written a number of rambling letters to singer Dame Olivia Newton-John. Some praised her, while others threatened her. I really hope these five people didn't die over Xanatar. <laughs> I can neither confirm nor deny what specific movie th pushed him over the edge. I will say that this was three years after that movie. But so he watched it on loop for three years? I, well, since it was 83, I don't think VHS was out yet. So every time oh, okay, it replayed okay. in the theater. Or he, he probably just re-listened to the... He probably just played the vinyl over and over that and over again. That could be it. Yeah. Um, According to the documentary, Hopelessly Devoted to You, maybe, possibly, I did so much research in trying to find the, like, original source to this information. So everything I just told you, I read straight from the, like, the newspaper clippings. Okay. Everything, this little bit here is from the quote-unquote documentary. Olivia received letters from Michael. He believed that he was a god and she was a goddess. She received a collage of photos of herself, each one having their eyes scratched away. And that sounds like super salacious. That's why I was like, I want to find the original source and I could not find it. So take that with a grain of salt. It's Little Red Dragon. A little bit. Just a touch. Anyway, back to like documented land. On August 2nd, 1983, in Washington, D.C., a man hailed a police car and said, my radio is stolen by the man in the hotel. What? A man was like, hey. Hey, you, this asshole stole my radio in that hotel over there. Okay. So the police were like, all right, we'll do our job. I guess. I guess. Yes. Ugh. <laughs> Fucking paperwork. Uh, and they were like, hey, did you steal this guy's radio? And they were like, he was like, yeah. What do you want to do about it? <laughs> and these several small TV sets. What? So, so they arrested him, and that was Michael Owen Perry. He had stolen a bunch of radios and TVs. In Washington, D.C. Uh, so he could watch Xanadu at 
three times. <laughs> on all the TVs at once. Yeah, simultaneously. <laughs> one TV for his face and one for each of his ears. Let me let me remind you that the crimes occurred in Louisiana, where he was captured in Washington, D.C. Wow. Uh, okay. So he got far. So they ran. Yeah, he did, he did an arf himself. Uh, he, so, That's not the phrase to use, Jack. <laughs> <laughs> He's a good runner. <laughs> oh, God, he Forrest Gumped it. <laughs> Not just cats all running. Uh, so they did just a regular old background check. Actually did their jobs. Cut that, Joe. I don't need to have those emails. I'm not cutting that. Are okay. you kidding me? <laughs> Actually did their fucking job yes. and ran the fucking background check. And gosh, they were sure surprised. <laughs> When they saw that Louisiana had warrants out charging him for the deaths of his mother, father, two cousins, and a two-year-old. Well, shit, Earl, look at this! <laughs> it's a good thing we didn't go to the bar! <coughs> like, they're from D.C., but you're giving him a southern accent. I, I wasn't trying to, honestly. <laughs> I just, just I think I might switch into a southern accent if I found out this guy just murdered five people. <laughs> just uh, involuntarily. <laughs> like, maybe he'll forget who I was. Yes. Okay, it's Slowly time, for, back me, out of the time room. for me to sit down and do my reading. I'm just going to enjoy my newspaper here. What the fuck is this? <laughs> so, Louisiana police... Now that they, you know, have a little bit to go on, searched Perry's trailer, found a piece of paper with a list of names on it, names that included Olivia Mm Newton-John and Judge Sarah Day O'Connor, who was the first woman appointed to the- Sandra Day (laughs) O'Connor. That is, that is a leap. From Olivia (laughs) Newton-John to Sandra Day O'Connor? There's a reason, and I'll get to it. Oh, no. It's not a good reason. Um, (laughs) But it is important. Really? (laughs) It is important to know that she was the first woman appointed to the Supreme Court. Court. The names, other names on the list included uh, murdered family members. So check to check. Each, and this is creepy as fuck. Each having the word, he didn't check. He didn't use checks or scratch the names out like a normal person. He wrote Sky beside each name. Sky? Yeah. Like, you know. Well, he sent them into the sky like angels? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I feel dirty. Yeah. So, to make it even creepier, Perry, during one of his stays in the mental hospital, told a doctor that, quote, no woman should be above a man. Possibly indicating why O'Connor would be on the list. Okay. So, he was Ooh. guilty. Okay. Good. And put on death row. Okay. But the story doesn't end there. And actually, that's why this story is famous. Not because he watched Xanadu and felt the urge to kill. That's normal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but because of the court case that occurred afterwards. Okay. So uh, in a predating court case, I'm far too tipsy for this, but I'm going to push through. Just go push through. It's okay. Um, per Ford versus uh, Wainwright, a, a psychotic inmate who does not have an understanding of what is about to occur, is not competent to be executed and, therefore, cannot be executed. The complex issues of forcibly medicating an individual to make him competent for execution posed in Perry versus Louisiana, which is why this became famous, Yeah, illustrates the conflict between the judicial interest in imposing capital punishment for certain murderers and the medical physician's Hippocratic Oath. Not to give poison. Medical ethics are also primarily guided by the Hippocratic aphorism 
first do no harm. Yes. So, because of that, even though he was up for execution, execution. Mm-hmm. he had for years rejected his medication. Thus making it so that he is ineligible because he could not comprehend. Correct. So what happened to him was, since he was kind of in like a weird legal limbo, they put him in solitary confinement. I had a feeling that's what you were going to say. Yeah. Uh, Which is where he is to this very day. Wow. Should we go? (laughs) I'm good. (laughs) Just sit outside his room and go, you have to believe we are are magic. (laughs) You feel like killing? You feel like killing yet? (laughs) Um, it's Holy shit! Him and one other inmate have a a lawsuit out trying to like say that solitary confinement is is inhumane and you know all that stuff. Which, there's an ar- there's an yeah. argument for that, but also like you killed your whole fucking family, dude, yeah. and you were gonna kill a whole bunch of other people. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, also, uh, Rolf now killed his eight year old. A severely disabled stepbrother with an axe because he was trying to prevent him from watching an important TV show where Olivia Newton-John was apparently giving him signals. Come again? You know, Olivia Newton-John tells people to to kill, you know, their brothers. I did hear this. On the TV? (laughs) Yeah. Do you have any brothers? Yeah, that, that, I do. I mean, Anymore? To, to, be, to, be fair, <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, that is what I got out of Greece, but I don't have any brothers. Yeah. So, yeah. I got away. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Like, yeah. So th- my research into Xanadu got way darker than I expected. Yeah. Ooh. And how? Um, there's there's also like a another part where one of her husbands may have been like a drug dealer and he disappeared. While what on a, what a Newton and, John's husbands? Yeah. Um, I didn't read too much into it because it was more like gossipy unless I, yeah. well, you had all these murders to read. About. I had, <laughs> right. I was like, these have a little bit more direct contact with Xanadu, whereas that just has more to do with like her romantic life, which is, yeah. you know, hmm. but she's Neat. very, very happy living in Australia. Well, not, not anymore. anymore. Not anymore. <laughs> not, not anymore. Again, we established already rest in peace. Christ <laughs> almighty. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. Um, just going to take a moment for myself. Yeah. I think he just managed to get us canceled. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> That's all it took? Shit. <laughs> I want to go into true crime way sooner. <laughs> hey, let's let's make Xana do even better. <laughs> let's uh, Please. Let's, let's do that now. So, uh, going along with our newer format for mm-hmm. Derazzled. Uh, we're going with more of an elevator pitch than a full Fix. script. Yeah, kind of we're the, not, yeah, we're not going to do a full treatment. We're not going to do the Kevin doing. Smith treatment. <laughs> the Kevin Smith version of an outline where it's 80 fucking pages yeah. long. So as I said, I, I liked this movie. Yeah. I don't really want to do a whole lot to fix it. I do think there's a couple things that could be fixed, though. Mm-hmm. One of the first things I want to do is switch out the director um, and Interesting. Wouldn't you know? All the directors I wanted were fucking busy. I'm curious who's on that list. Unfortunately, what stands between your desire to know that and my knowledge is a wall of inebriism. Inebriism. 
<laughs> so so that so you don't have that written down. That is correct. Okay. <laughs> okay. Let's move on. <laughs> I know I looked at lo- uh, Rocky Horror. Okay. That, and I I think I looked at like whoever's directing Grease. What was worse was all of the actors I wanted were also very busy. God damn. Yeah. Um, early 80s, man. Mm-hmm. Well, like John Travolta, as I said earlier, he was busy. I even looked at uh, young Christopher Walken because he can roller skate mm-hmm. and can dance, as we saw in the, was it Fat Boy the Slim? Fat Boy Slim video, yeah. yeah. Uh, which I rewatched, and he can dance, but oh, he's also like. He's also just alien. He's yeah, a, goofy. I think he's a trained like ballroom dancer. He is. I would not yeah, be something surprised. crazy like that. Yeah, uh, that sounds correct. He was. I don't know if you remember what movie we already covered at that time. That he would have been so so way. Oh better. my god! No, you're right. He was. Yeah. He was neck deep in Heaven's Gate. Yeah. Yeah. No, that would not have been possible. Um, and I think he was already doing a second project on top of that. Probably. He's you a busy boy. Who was not busy? Who wasn't busy? And who had just started acting and was in skate town usa no patrick swayze oh shit i didn't know patrick swayze was in skate town usa now i want to say this is true but i also had a lot of snoop juice (laughs) um i want to say there's a there's a skating scene which is like not only can i know that i know he can dance but he can also skate and he can also act uh because i i want to say um is it the greasers no Yes. No. The Outsiders? The Outsiders, thank you. Yes. Um, that was like two years after this. Yeah. Um, so Good movie. He, he can do all the things. Yeah. I want to say he's skating and he takes his belt off and uses it as like a whip. And I, I'm going to pull the scene up for you guys later. I'm on board. This, it, this is from Skate Town? <laughs> this is from Skate Town. Okay, yeah, I have, absolutely need to see that. <laughs> and the only reason I hesitate to cast him is because I think he might overshadow Olivia Newton-John. Or, she, or he might... Elevator. He might. He might, he might. he might push her. Yeah. Because I. I feel like she was a little muted in this film. Yeah. As far as her performance goes, like her singing and dancing was was fine. Yeah. But if she had Swayze to act. But if she off had Swayze of. to act off of. And I would love to see what Swayze and Gene Kelly are like. Oh my god! Together. Could you fucking imagine? Yeah. So that's the actor I'm switching out Michael. Michael back for. Back for. Okay. Now I'm going to take you on a journey. Please. It's a very short journey. <laughs> okay. It's more of a walk across the street. Okay. Let's okay. go. As I said, all of the directors I looked at. Super busy. Super busy. Including Francis Ford Coppola. Oh my God. Wait, Coppola? Wait. Yeah. That's a hell of a poll. I'm getting there. Okay. So he was, I want to say, working on a movie called One from the Heart. Okay. Which was a movie musical. I did not know that. It was a passion project. And do you know why that movie is important? Not really. So Ford Coppola had created this company called Zoetrope. And Zoetrope was meant to be a studio that gave young, upcoming, new Hollywood directors a place to do their project, do their passion projects, however they wanted. It was going to be like, you are a director, you have full power here. Which is cool. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, Unfortunately, he made a series of bad financial decisions. One of them was THX 113, which I really enjoy. But was, you know, not a great... (laughs) financial investment sure what ultimately sank that studio was one from the heart which oh that killed the studio entirely oh shit that came out and i want to say 1980 it might is either 80 or 81 
unless we told him not to do that <laughs> yeah. and to do Xanadu instead okay. hmm. with Patrick Swayze and Olivia Newton-John. So Francis Ford Coppola attached to direct Patrick Swayze and Olivia Newton-John and Gene Kelly. In a roller disco movie musical. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Now, I have not watched one from the heart because I, f- frankly, the the goal he was reaching for with, uh, with Zoetrope, American Zoetrope, connects with me so hard that I'm like, I don't really want to watch the movie that sank your dream. <laughs> that Fair. Like, I, I do get yeah. that. Yeah. Especially because like all the movies on either side of that movie are per- perfect. Like he has like five perfect movies. Shit. Um, the Conversation, uh, Apocalypse Now, Godfather Part 1 and Part 2. Yeah. And obviously Jack starring Robin Williams. Masterpiece. <laughs> Just... <laughs> There's that, that farting in a jar scene. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't thought about that movie in so long. <laughs> yeah, that that movie happened because one from the heart. Um, oh my god! Because he didn't have any money then. Yeah. Um, oh, buddy. So, with Francis Ford Coppola in charge and Patrick Swayze as lead, he could punch the Universal producers in the face and say, "No, we're not moving the release date up." We're keeping it as is. Fuck you. I make my own wine. Like Snoop Dogg. Like Snoop. <laughs> Let me be clear. Snoop Dogg did not actually make that wine. No, I'm pretty <laughs> sure I saw him making it. <laughs> oh, you saw it? Yeah, yeah, that was the thing you pulled up in your phone. You, <laughs> yeah. like, watched the label. <laughs> <laughs> to make the... What'd you, oh, the Snoop juice. The Snoop juice. There's just something about that that makes it dirty. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I would also hire a different DP. And like, yeah, oh, 100%. The DP who worked on Xanadu isn't even a bad DP. Like, I've looked at his filmography, and he did some other, like, pretty decent films. But I don't know if he was just, like, napping that day. Uh, Maybe, like, this was his one for the studio that he didn't really like, could give be, a shit about. Be. Yeah. Uh, and I would like to have looked through and found a better DP for this project. But, you know, I was busy quitting my job. So That's fair. Um, uh, I leave it up to you, the viewer, to decide yourself and now we're entering the narrative fix a section i don't remember writing and can probably barely read hold on to your butts <laughs> what is the movie missing horses tension lasers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes you said it tension <laughs> specifically tension between artists now Ooh. artists are the best people in the world in my opinion mm-hmm. i I've never been happier when I've been surrounded by artists, but holy shit, are they a pain in the ass? Exhibit A, this room. (laughs) (laughs) So, (laughs) myself included, obviously. Uh, So you want to build tension in your script. To do so, everyone needs wants. Starting with Kira. Which... That was narratively the, the the biggest issue I had it was like she was basically there just to service Sonny. Like her want was for him to succeed in a uh, creative <laughs> capitalistic endeavor, correct? Which is a barely a want, and it's certainly not right. like uh like a want that's at all related to her, correct? No. So, Kira, Terpsichore, yeah, Terpsichore, uh, 
after years of helping sad boy artists, wants nothing more than to become a singer. Mm, okay. Um, and what I like about this is that, like, Terpsichore is the muse of dance, but what she wants to do is sing. So there's a little bit of conflict within herself. Wants to become a double threat, you see. Yeah. <laughs> What's triple threat? Sing, dance, Seeing, and dancing, acting. Yeah. yeah. Mm. 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 Do we know any of those? Just me. Just you. Just, just Caleb. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she is indeed the woman, the same woman who sang on Gene Kelly's album. And this is the only copy of her singing that exists on like the human plane. Okay. And by all, all accounts, anybody who's ever heard the singer, it's, it's like otherworldly. Yeah. But nobody knew who the fuck she is. Zeus is also not like not terribly happy that she had her talents captured in this way. Sunny, who is now an architect and not a charcoal artist or a fella who draws big albums, wants to specifically run a place that caters to the oddity that is the artist. Huh. You know, an art-related career that actually involves buildings and yeah. such. Yeah. <laughs> Let's say something like American Zoetrope. Yeah, uh, he's not actually making America's Oak Trip, but like, you know, that way, like, Ford Cope will be like, oh, I relate to I this character. <laughs> I can, you know. Yeah, it's for, the, for the sake of the film, it's it's a, it's a Californian. Uh, it's San Mobius. Francisco, not, uh, I don't know where, you, where's UCLA? Shut the it's, fuck it's up, LA. it's LA. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Jack. Oh, no. <laughs> you really don't know how to handle your booze, do you? <laughs> <laughs> oh god this is why i don't drink wine <laughs> <laughs> so he's got some writer's block right uh he's yes. still doing designs for his boss uh who's in this version his uncle um his uncle who first housed him and gave him his first job when he moved to la so there's a little bit of like familiar yeah familial pressure there yeah gene kelly uh, busks on the beach unintentionally uh he just wants people to like he just wants to be in a place where people can hear his music but like mm -hmm. nobody cares they just think he's busking he's more of like one of those like local oddities right mm -hmm. so in bloomfield we had like bumper bike guy oh did yeah. we ever uh, yeah so he hugged me once I'm sorry. I had to. Sh no. I showered twice afterward. Like, no offense to him, but he had not bathed in quite some time. No, not important. Did you ever meet Bumper Bike uh -huh. Guy? Okay. Well, for the when audience, I first moved in <laughs> the experience. So, Bumper Bike Guy was a guy who had a bike, but had taken a car bumper and strapped it to the front of his bike. Yes. Uh, I always assumed it was so that he could not get hit by a car, but he also did ride on the sidewalks, which was really annoying. Really annoying and difficult. We have a number of those type of characters, and in this, uh, you have Gene Kelly who plays a clarinet on the on the beach. On the beach. Yeah. yeah, just a you know local character. Yeah, the seaside clarinetist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's while he's like lamenting his you know failed clarinetist career that he meets Sunny. Okay. You see, Gene also has a bit of writer's block, and had uh, and has had it since his band broke up in the forties. Wow. Okay. It is a surprise to Sonny that this stranger is filthy rich because everybody just assumes he's like, you know, 
a bum on the beach who plays yeah. the clarinet. I think he's playing for money. You know, he's just yeah. he's playing he's playing for passion. Right, but not so rich that if Xanadu fails, he, he wouldn't go bankrupt. Like, yeah. it it is a financial danger for him to invest yeah. in this place. Well, of course, otherwise there's no tension there for right. him. Yes. So, and a lot of this sticks to the the plot of Xanadu. So, whatever I skip over, just assume it's in there. Yeah, sure. Um, so, Sunny and Kira they fall for each other. The three of them agree to go in on constructing Xanadu, so she can sing. He can build his dream building, and Gene Kelly, Danny, I'm saying, yeah. Danny, yeah, Danny McGuire yeah. can have a place to restart his band. Yeah. Now that they are all suddenly charged with creative juices for some reason. Interesting he wants to get the band back together. That's, yeah. That's a good... I, I like that I like change. That. Uh, however, when the building is finished, Kira is called back to Zeus. He's like, you did it. You did the job. Come back home. Um, <laughs> Zeus is a bit of a deadbeat dad. <laughs> That's my addition to the story. Honestly, too busy he out there. He's, he's yeah. too busy out yeah. there disguising himself as animals trying to attract women. It's yeah. Just, yeah. yeah, and like yeah, yeah. pissing on people to bring me. Also right. pissing on people. Listen, Zeus is like the deadbeat dad. <laughs> yes, he is. Oh, he's kind of gross. Yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Destroyed, Sonny decides he's done with the Xanadu. He's like, he's too heartbroken. He can't do it. Uh, this causes trouble between him and Danny. Worse, when Kira leaves, both believe they now have writer's block again. They're like, uh-huh. ah, she was the muse. Like, yeah. she was the only thing that was able to, to get rid of this writer's block, which is, of course, not true. The solution is Sonny gets over his selfish behavior and opens the club without Jean or Kira. At the opening, he plays the record that Kira is captured on. So the one that we heard in Gene oh, Kelly's mansion. Okay. Gene uh, surprises him by playing a modernized version along with the record. Kira hmm. also arrives to sing with it. Both men accredit the return of their ability to her, but she reveals she is no longer a muse. Just another struggling artist like them. She's given up being a muse. She's, give, she's stepped down from Olympus yeah. permanently. Okay. I don't remember writing any of this, so, which is explains why I left so much out. <laughs> I mean, no, like I, you said, you yeah. were trying to you were trying to leave everything like, else still happened. It was just yeah. yeah. I think the one thing that I don't think is well covered in that in that fix is um, the confrontation with Zeus. Uh, I, I, I still feel mm-hmm. I feel okay. like there there should still be some moment. Whether it I, it might not need to be Sunny in particular. It could just be. Like uh, more of a confrontational scene between Kira and Zeus. Yeah, especially with a step down, like leaving mm-hmm. everything yeah. you've ever known. Her, her "fuck you, I quit" moment. Yeah. yeah. So, like, what I want to do in this version, and it's something I mentioned in the first part, is that I want her to reveal herself as a muse way earlier. Right. Yeah. You Basically, did mention that. think of this as Disney's Aladdin, but if Aladdin wanted to fuck Genie, I'm on board. So what I've always wanted. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so initially he doesn't realize Kira is magical, but pretty pretty soon he realizes that. Yeah. You know, oh, you turn those mannequins into weird 80s <laughs> dancers? You, okay, I got you. you no. Got you. Mon- um, you can disappear and move as a laser. Right. <laughs> I saw that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I picked up on that. Yeah. I'm an observant artist. <laughs> But yeah, I I definitely want to see like the electric Zeus malt liquor yes. uh, <laughs> scenes. 
Yes, absolutely. I like that. I also, I kind of want to push the... The movie's already kind of over the top, but it also tries to be sensible at times. At times. We don't need that. (laughs) Um, (laughs) You're ripping the top off. Yeah. yeah. This would be hell with the lid off. Okay. You've already asked your audience to suspend their disbelief so, so much. Right. Just go for it. Lean in. Like, lean into it. Like, I feel like at parts, especially when we were talking about, oh, they wish they had more time to do the effects more elaborately. Give them the time. Well, I mean, give them the time, but also, like, don't worry about making it look more realistic. Yeah, like, really lean into how over the top and, Mm -hmm. like, and and bright and vibrant it all is. Yeah. Yeah. More lasers. What I want is Rocky Horror, but on skates and disco. And and cocaine. And cocaine. I'm sure there's plenty of cocaine on the Rockies. Most likely, yeah. But more. Double it. For but, but more. <laughs> more. Uh, so, what do we think of the fix? I like the fix. I like it. Yeah, I, I, I like its willing. I like the willingness to lean in to what this movie really is, which mm-hmm. is a buck wild laser, uh, uh, laser light show clusterfuck. Yeah. Which like. There's nothing wrong with that. That's not yeah. a bad thing. It, be earnest about it. Right. I also I I, thir- I thoroughly like uh, shifting Sonny out of the record industry and into yes. a, into a career that makes actual sense yeah. for somebody who's going to be uh, renovating a building. Mm-hmm. And that building was a historic site. Yeah. Um, so he would have like a real appreciation and know how mm-hmm. for right. how to work with that kind of right. space if he was an architect. Yeah. And. Would hopefully make things in, t- in, in the interior make more sense. Yeah. I, throughout the movie, like I was expecting, like to when you, when Xanadu was done, to like walk in and see like murals all over the wall and like the wall, like yeah. all of his art. Not it's a- gold. Yeah, it's just gold. <laughs> just, oh. It's just gold, and there's a bunch of different troops of dancers that are extreme tone whiplash from one to the next. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think I think shifting the focus away from like that. Like hodgepodge roller disco idea, and having it be more of like the stage setting that mm-hmm. that Danny kind of imagines in mm-hmm. the actual movie. Like yeah. he he talks about having the stage set up and having the big band and all that, mm-hmm. and bring and trying to bring that aesthetic back. Having him actually follow through on that, and then in the last minute modernize it out of the inspiration of uh of of that that lost record being played. Yeah. I think that's a powerful moment. Mm-hmm. I think that works way better than the opening night of the club that we get. Because yeah. that's just kind of a, a mishmash of stuff that like just does not flow together. No. So what happened was, I forget who it was that they had bring those people in, but they're like, make it as wild as possible. Yeah. And the guy's like, all right, well, I know jugglers. I know tight rope walkers. I know blah, 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 blah. I I just got a truckload of mimes. Yeah. It's on standby. So they just yeah. brought them all in to make it as wild as possible. And it just did not click. And I'm hoping that with making Xanadu more of a place that's open to all forms of art, mm-hmm. that that would make more sense. Yeah. Or you could cut it in, entirely. Yeah. Either way. Yeah. Like, you have the option. Yeah, I wrote this before I knew anything about the musical, the stage stage play. I I probably would incorporate the antagonists of the other muses. The other muses. I would that again. I think that was one of the weak points of the film as well. Like they didn't really interact with the mu- the other muses at all. Correct. No. Yeah. So yeah, I think that would have definitely been a good addition as well. 
everything else that yeah. I like about the music is more like satire from the film which wouldn't make sense right. to have within the film right itself. in the film yeah. itself yeah but having even those two because even in the musical their parts are not big they were big names to like okay. get people to like come in sure. you know what i mean yeah. but it wasn't like they were huge it was like hey we're gonna set up this to help you get to, <laughs> to help you get there right, right. Yeah. sure sure we'll pop in and say funny lines every now and, and then the the other muses not the two that were correct two antagonists were they kind of like the chorus in like disney's hercules where they sang mm-hmm. in between this the the transitions yep i could i could be into that yeah, yeah. that would work they were the I mean, they were the, they were the greek chorus you said they were like the company basically yeah. yeah yeah there's no one else in it except the muses and the main characters yeah i would be down to, to keep yeah. them in yeah hell cool. yeah cool well it sounds like we did fix it yeah i think we i, th- I think so i think we yeah. got there Again, I didn't really want to fix it too much. Yeah, yeah. I, I think like IMDb. I think we break. I think we break a six. Maybe break okay. a six and a half. Yeah, which is like solid I'm, range for yeah. IMDb. I think we certainly get out of the twenty range on that critic yeah, score the, on, uh, right. on Rotten Tomatoes. Do you think we're still nominated for the nineteen eighty Razzies? I want to say no, but I feel what like I need the... to watch the rest of those nom- those nominees, which I know we're going to get to throughout the yeah. know, coming seasons. What were the and nominations that they got? The the one that won was "Don't Stop the Music," which I don't think any of us. What were the what, what were the ones that uh, Xanadu was nominated for? It was oh uh, actor actress worst picture worst actress worst screenplay? actor worst screenplay worst song Di- director worst director which it won yeah. I, I Which, don't know. With your fixes, <laughs> the only thing that would still apply, I think, would be worse song. But if we have a different director, that song might be more interesting. Imagine right, them right. nominating Francis Ford Coppola <laughs> for worst director for this. Besides Stanley Kubrick and yeah. Brian De Palma. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're all buddies. They would have hung out. Oh, and William Freaking. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch. I'll do a double feature for myself. Skate Town USA. <laughs> cruising. <laughs> cruising. <laughs> Perfect. You got yourself a Labor Day you'll never forget. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Well, th- uh, Caleb, thank you for joining us yes. for uh, once again for Xanadu. Of course. Um, God, I don't know how we're going to top this one next year, but we'll, we'll think of <laughs> we'll something. Think of something. <laughs> Would you like to sell your wares? Yes. Uh, so if you want to uh, check out my podcast, Making a Martini Up Dry and Straight to the Point, we are available on all s- podcast streaming platforms. We cover different topics. <laughs> it's quite a spectrum. <laughs> we do. We've talked about sex. We've talked about voting. We've talked about Greece too. Uh, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion. Someone just brought excellent, up to me. Um, that was a that was a fun one. Daylight savings time, which is apparently pretty current right now. I guess that's yeah. like something's actually happening. So over the course, it's been a lot. But yeah, we I drink and then usually have someone on that I consider knowledgeable. Hell or yeah. that I find funny. <laughs> it, it's a solid podcast. <laughs> yeah. Give it a give it a listen. And then you can find us all kinds of places. You can. Right yeah. I mean you're listed out right behind you. We've we've always been there. Uh, <laughs> we're not sniffing your hair. Shut the we've fuck up. We've been there the whole time. <laughs> uh no, we it, uh, you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Good Pods, Stitcher, wherever you listen to podcasts, wherever you're listening to us right now. Uh you can find us on social media at Derazzled Pod on Twitter, at Derazzled Podcast on Facebook, at Derazzled underscore podcast on Instagram, and Dullboy underscore Jack on TikTok. You can also email us at derazzledpodcast at gmail.com if you have suggestions for things you'd like to see us cover, whether it be regular episodes or second unit episodes, or if you want to see 
particular merch get made, which will be sold on our Redbubble store at Derazzled Merch. Yarp. And, uh, of, and of course, be sure to rate and review us to help us get up into those search rankings higher and help people discover us so that we can continue to build our audience now that we are you know, firmly in our second year of podcasting. Not just Woo! our second season, but our second actual calendar year of, po- of podcasting. We want to get into more and more people's ears because we still love what we do. We still love you guys listening to us, and we want more people to have fun with us here. You betcha. I want you guys in other people's ears, too. Hell yeah bathhouse <laughs> <laughs> yep you're all those words and more but you know what you should really join us next time we'll be sure to razzle dazzle ya yeah we will you'll <laughs>